Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Backward, a Star Trek podcast from Merry Old England. I'm Rick Palmer, and as ever, I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts Gemma Turland, hello, Will Turland, hello, and Rick Everson, hello. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the first four episodes of season three of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, because that's that's as far as we've got into the season, basically, isn't it? At the time of recording, and yeah, yeah. I think we watched episode four just last night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, like, I get a spoiler alert. Uh, I think we've all been really enjoying this season so far, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt it's a very very strong start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, without getting. Without getting too far ahead of ourselves, let should we just should we launch straight into the the season three opener, which is yes. called uh, what is it called? Yeah, it's part it's one. Called, that hope is you, part one. Yeah. Interestingly enough, we haven't had a part two yet. Have mm. we? we haven't. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Because they quite specifically call it part one, and then the following one. episode is forget me not. I wonder if that'll be the last episode in the season. That's that's what I've heard people speculating mm. that maybe part two will be the finale, mm. and that's how they'll kind of bookend the season. I mean, I, I quite like that there is already like there's a kind of a tease and a mystery around the episode title. The yeah. fact that there's a yeah. part one and where's part two? Um, yeah. The fact uh, the second episode is called Forget Me Not may be slightly ironic in that they forgot they were supposed to call it something related to part one. It's the fourth episode. It's called Forget Me Not, just to clarify. Oh, yeah, episode two is Far From Home, I think. Oh, oh, sorry, I've got them mixed up. Call yourself Ah, a Star Trek man. Classic Rick. We're always correcting him, aren't we? (laughs) I I was called out on Twitter that I knew nothing about Star Trek not long back. Yeah, they, yeah, and you've just proved them right. I know. Ah, oh, again, oh, the, the bitter irony. Can't believe it's taken us ninety nine episodes of ten backwards to realise that Rick, fraud, Rick is a fraud. Rick is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is harsh. Let's get back to talking about this episode of Star yeah. Wars. Uh, <laughs> uh, good one. Um, so th- that episode starts basically where the season two finale left off um mm. and we're, we're with burnham aren't we yeah. and she comes flying out of the Careening wormhole and through. yeah it's a big action opening isn't it it's great yeah it is yeah i think it's a tradition now isn't it in discovery openers that at some point burnham has to be careening headlong through space out of control yeah yeah <laughs> because this, this is this is the well obviously the third uh, season open this has happened in that's a good point. Maybe they are going to do that every season. I think when you get to the third time, you kind of think this this is this is deliberate, isn't it? They're doing yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, she smashes into the ground of a planet. Be sick, um, <laughs> like her, like her old friend Doctor Girati is always throwing up, wasn't she? <laughs> oh yeah. 
a new it's a tradition of new track that people throw up a lot. I it, think. it would seem so, yeah. <laughs> and end up kind of crashing into someone else. All of space, all the space that you can jump into <laughs> in the future, <laughs> and you and you hit someone. What are the chances? Yeah, pretty unlikely. Yeah, because it's, it's not only the the excitement of Burnham fly, um, smashing th- uh, through into the future. Uh, there's already a, a high speed chase going on with um with a character we've not seen before. Indeed, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's really striking about that opener is like the the visuals mm. in every respect. They're just really beautiful. good, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. This whole episode is visually absolutely gorgeous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Both absolutely... from an effects point of view and the dramatic sequences are very well planned out and look amazing. Mm. And there's some beautiful scenery. Yes. Yeah. They do some great location. Mm. Stuff, I think, which which in Iceland or it looks like I I I mean I don't know that for a fact, but it definitely looks like there's a, there's a scene that they shoot sort of behind a waterfall, which I think they yeah. they really did. Um, that that's pretty amazing. It it feels like a far cry from the sort of standard Star Trek cave sets <laughs> that we would usually get in. Yeah, <laughs> or bits of yeah. desert. Or yes, but yeah, a bit of desert. That was usually what the uh, location would be, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So Burnham's on her own. There's mm-hmm. no sign of discovery, mm-hmm. and it's it's all about Burnham this episode, mm. and um, her sort of trying to find her feet in the distant future. And I, 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 <laughs> I think I think she has her feet with her. She's trying to find discovery. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It's going to be all like right, this. Dad. It's going to be like this the whole way he through. Is. <laughs> I've got to do something to compensate for my lack of Star Trek knowledge. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this episode did just feel like it's um, yeah, it's very Burnham centric, mm-hmm. and we're sort of as an audience, we're with her. She she's like the fish out of water character. She is, and we're we're learning about the the, the world, new yeah the, the alien world. universe. Like she is, mm. she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we learn pretty early on that there's been something called the burn, which has um, just destroyed all of all dilithium, dilithium or rendered so, all dilithium inert. Well, I was a bit confused because they go into it in a further episode. And mm. is it that it initially all dilithium is rendered inert and then it explodes? I, I think the explosion results from inert dilithium can't manage a matter-antimatter reaction right. so anyone at warp if your dilithium goes inert suddenly your matter-antimatter reaction right. goes haywire and that's the explosion 700 years after we left dilithium supplies dried up the federation trialed alternative warp drive designs but none proved reliable then came the burn no one knows how or why it happened but in an instant all dilithium went inert any ship with an active warp core detonated Cleveland Book, Booker, who we've not even named yet, but um, Cleve, uh, the character that Burnham bashed into and caused a crash, mm-hmm. he's got very sketchy details on it. We find out a bit more later, don't we? But, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I'd been worrying that other um, sort of like base elements around us might suddenly go in there to explode, <laughs> like porridge. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes me think about what you're going to have for your breakfast, it does. doesn't it? It's a concern. 
Well, I mean, only, only if you're using the porridge to regulate an explosive reaction. Well, sometimes too many oats is an issue. <laughs> no regulating it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a few minutes in and there's a poop joke. <laughs> Um, but I, I think it, they, quite quite quickly on in that episode, we we discover that the future is a very different place, and mm-hmm. that the the other the other absolute bombshell that gets dropped is that the Federation is pretty much no more. Indeed, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> I bet Gemma was delighted. Oh, lovely! Well, well yeah, I mean, no, I'm not overly <coughs> saddened by that. I'm, I'm not glad, but. What is it? What's that feeling when you're not, you're not glad, but you're not, Meh. You're, not you're not too worried about it. <laughs> ambivalent. 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 There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Ambidextrous. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think it's a good. I like it from a storytelling point of view. I think it's kind of bold and it's shaking things up a bit. And I I don't feel like I'm like, oh no, the precious Federation. Well, Star Trek mm. is now. This isn't Star Trek anymore because we don't have the Federation. I feel more like this is an exciting story development. I'm interested to see mm. what they do with this. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is a huge, a huge shakeup of the status quo that has never ever occurred in Star Trek, and I think it's a brilliant thing to do. Mm. And for me, one of the things that I've always found the most interesting in Star Trek stories is not, oh look at us in the Federation, we've got this utopia, aren't we great? It's um, we've built this Federation. And how do we keep it? How do we stop people falling from this high place you know, we've we've reached for? And that's why Enterprise building it was great. That's why Deep Space Nine that really got into the the nuts and bolts of the Federation and how you maintain that when you've got things like Section Thirty One and admirals who want to stage coups and things like that. That was that's the really interesting story side of something like that. Mm. And so I think Discovery going to that bit was says the Federation's gone. We've got, you know, assuming that their their mission now is going to be to try and bring it back in some form or restore it, it gives us a chance to really get into the sort of the, the nitty gritty of what makes the Federation, what's it really about, and how can they restore it if they can, which yeah. is, is way more interesting than just try, trotting around the universe going, we're so morally great. Mm. So what, though, you know, and as much as I love TNG, you know, like, so what if you're morally great and superior? That's only great up to the end of a Picard speech, but where's the drama? Where's the story? Yeah, and you, you could argue we've had many, many seasons of Trek set in that um, it, with that sort of scenario, that setup. Mm. So why why not launch into a world where the Federation doesn't exist and tell a Star Trek story like that? Mm. Yeah, why why is no one else tried to maintain it that much? Why have why have worlds decided just given up on it just because warp travel is difficult? Mm. Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of questions underlying this, and it's like, what did the Federation become up to that point for well, people it, to abandon it so quickly? To, well, it's basically it's an empire about by another name, isn't it? And you cannot yeah. run an empire if you can't communicate with each other. If if, if you can't, um, it's like the Roman Empire felt fell down when it started breaking up into small pieces because there was no longer any overriding government and 
and and the and the groups didn't talk to each other, and that's how yeah. presumably it got too big, didn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And with, without warp drive, it just couldn't sustain itself. That's why the Roman Empire <laughs> fell down. I didn't realise the Romans yeah. had warp. <laughs> very That's advanced. why they had to make the road so straight. Because <laughs> <'Cause you laughs> <laughs> no corners. <laughs> 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 history lesson, Gemma. <laughs> um, yeah, so a, I mean, there's a lot of potential. We've kind of sort of broadened the scope a little bit out of that first episode. Um, do you think it's part of? Do you think this the burn is just something to set up season three of Discovery as a as that sort of big that, that sort of big separation from the past two seasons that it's. This, this does feel like a sort of a reboot of the show. Mm. Um, yeah. It, and, I, mean, I mean, do you think that the burn's going to be something that gets investigated in the show, or is it just something to, to establish how different this this new kind of, this future is? I think it's that. I mean, it, it is... It's also it's McGuffin. They're gonna they're gonna try and work out what went wrong. But I think it is more the latter. I would say to yeah, it's different. So and more like what? Yeah, what does that? What kind of stories can you tell mm. um, if you've had this event? Which, yeah, which has changed the the universe basically and and taken out the federation. Mm-hmm. Also means that they can use the spore drive. Again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they need yeah, to. Suddenly, they don't care about that anymore. They're just <laughs> heck out of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this move is is kind of a, it's a big thing because it now puts Discovery entirely on its own, whereas before it had had all this stuff weighing it down almost that it had to stick to known canon. Mm. It had to be very aware of the limitations of that time, and you know. As we saw in the first two series, there are a lot of people who will be very quick to criticise if they feel that canon is being broken in any way. Mm. So they kind of freed themselves of that shackle to an extent, mm. and it, and and it's kind of like a, quite a clever move, really, for a new Star Trek show. Like, rather than just stick it in the future and we can do what we like, let's let's stick it in a in a known point and really embed it in Trek law, and then we can do that jump. I don't and think they we- meant that though. I oh think. no, I, I don't think they're clever enough to have planned it that much. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good idea. I, I feel mm. like at least now the writers don't have to worry about treading on toes and in well, I mean, they're still going to incite nerd rage because that's just how it is. Yeah, it's um, um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a good move. It's you know, it's it's a it's a, it's similar to it's similar to Voyager in a way, and like a crew stuck they're stuck somewhere, and it's. We don't know how they're going to get home. With Discovery, I'm not even sure if they want to get home. That doesn't seem to have been mentioned quite yet. I think that ties into season two, though, doesn't it? Because they've still got all that sphere information. Yeah. They need to keep mm. secret. So. I think a lot of the point was this has always got to be a one-way trip <clears throat> to yeah. safeguard the sphere data. So, um one thing I was going to say was, does anyone else get a bit of a Voyager vibe off that first episode? And I think Rick answered my question because he <laughs> said that, that thing about it. <laughs> Is it, but it, do, it does feel very, yeah, it does feel very much like um, mm. like the Voyager pilot where it's like, let's throw a ship into the Delta Quadrant and, and where everything's different, all the rules 
don't apply anymore. We don't have to worry so much about established mm. canon. And that does feel like the, the kind of move they, they made in this mm. um, season three. You know? But what's nice is, whereas Voyager had to then pretty much invent everything up from scratch, we've, we're here we can still play with those known things. We've had our or- Orions, we've had Andorians, we've had Trill. We've got yeah. a, lot of, a lot of Star Trek toys to play with. That we can do, they can do anything with now at this point. That's true. And Voyager, Voyager did have an episode where they found a wormhole that went back in time. So, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I mean, I think, I, I think it would be interesting, from my point of view, to have people on Discovery that would like to go home, maybe mm. not everybody on Discovery. I mean, because at season two, everyone, well, the main cast kind of said we want to help Burnham, you know, say do this go on this mission and and send the sphere data into the future and discover it'll go with you. But it would it would be interesting to I imagine there must be some um, some of the crew going yeah, but I, I I like where I was. I want to go home. <laughs> I think episode four, I think that was evident. Yeah, but that's where we touch on that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, that's everyone's true. they're now they're like, what's our place? What what are we doing? Did we do the, yeah, yeah yeah? Did I do the right thing personally? I think there was quite a lot of that. Yeah, and I, I hope that they don't just sort of say, "Okay, well now now we've watched now we've watched a film in the cargo bay, <laughs> and we're all feeling better." I hope this can this is a thread that continues, and I think it will do. I think so. Yeah. Um, last year at uh, Destination Star Trek, um, I don't know if any I can't remember if any of you guys did, but I went into the Discovery panel, and um, they did say. That um, a couple of the actors um, did say that this was going to be a thing that some of the crew would be starting to look at this at this choice that they made for Burnham and wonder whether they really made the right thing, made the right decision. So I'm hoping it's going to play a bit into that because as um, I think it was a really good element of um, episode four was the storyline with the crew on the ship mm. and how they're trying to start to try and come to terms with things and struggle with that. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's something um, Discovery hasn't always excelled at in the past. Is that sort of like ship dy- dynamic and giving a sense of what the what the crew think about mm. things and, and the sort of character work that you used to on Star Trek. Mm. And I, yeah, I agree. I, I episode four did a lot of good work in that respect. I think. Yeah, but I suppose I suppose we're jumping ahead a bit in our um, <laughs> in our chronology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I guess season episode one did set up some. Yeah, it said there was a few other things that it established. I suppose it it, it gave us a, a view into this post burn universe, um, and it, it introduced us to another uh, to a federation character. Actually, didn't it right at the end? Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, it was like that. And he hasn't shown up again yet, which is a shame because I thought he. he you made a real impression in the sort of yeah. last 10 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, mm. sort of, yeah you saw, you see him in the clips, don't you? But yeah, as a character, yeah. it's not, not. Yeah, no, I think he, um, I think, in fact, I think he kind of, actually, I think he's there at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, Doesn't he have a bit? That's how they open. Yeah. 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 Isn't it, but is he, is he a Federation or is he a, like a Federation superfan? Not to discredit no, no. him. No, he's Federation. Well, he's he's Ooh. he's what the Federation is now because his father was 
mm. was either mm. a general or something. Or... He's not commissioned Starfleet. No. That was it. That yeah. was it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he works. works on the line. Yeah. yeah. So he's just yeah. So he's just sort of some sort of liaison, isn't he? Yeah. Or, or just just holding the post, isn't he? Yeah. That his father held. He made me think of um, <clears throat> this is a deep cut. But um, anyone that remembers the, the TV show Heidi High, <laughs> there, was a there was a character in Heidi High played by Sue Pollard, who's from Nottingham, where, um, who was a cleaner in, in Heidi High, and she always wanted to be a yellow coat. Um, Heidi High is a show set in a, in a holiday camp in like the 1950s. <laughs> and in the very last episode... She becomes it. This is a spoiler for anyone that watches Heidi High. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but but in the very last episode, she becomes a yellow coat. But at the same time, the camp closes, um, and uh, it, just, it just it just made me think. Um, not at the not not at the moment I watched episode one of Discovery of season three of Discovery. I have to admit, but just now it made me think of that, like that that person that works so hard to. To be part of something, and then it, it gets destroyed. Like yeah. the, the moment it, that you're actually you you become it. Or similarly, I guess. But I guess the, the, I guess Burnham validates his service, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. But she he does. She 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 kind of commissions him, I she guess, does, at the end, doesn't she? And that's a really nice moment. Yeah. But actually, you've I feel like you've undermined that a bit with the whole Heidi High. Now I'm just a bit sad about it. Mr. Sale. You are as real a Federation officer as any I have ever met. If you would do me the honor, we need an acting communications chief who can keep searching for my ship. Will you accept the commission? It was a beautiful moment, and I never expected it to be compared to Sue Pollard. <laughs> I guess it's different that, that, that technically Sue Pollard's character, Peggy, got her commission, but then the camp closed, whereas this guy didn't get his commission. The camp yeah, sort of stayed crazy. open, <laughs> but it just kind of got spread out over vast distances, and, and then, he got given his, then he got given his yellow coat eventually. Something I think for this guy, play. yeah, this guy... <laughs> The, the camp shut down and he just stayed in there. What a great analogy. I thought I... <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I mean, you know, I shouldn't be surprised that the amount of our lower low ones we've done. It's um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, American listeners, if you want to Google Heidi High, see if you can make sense of it. <laughs> I did I did think at the end of the season, at the end of the first episode it felt like the series could go any way because Discovery, the, the ship hadn't shown up yet and the rest of the crew, we felt like we could have a series that was wholly dedicated to Burnham trying to track down Discovery. Mm. Or we could have a series where Discovery shows up in the very next episode. And um, yeah. it turned out to be the latter. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or more, more episodes where it's from one point of view and then the other. Mm, and, then yeah, the finale, yeah. and then the finale of the season is then meeting up. A bit like um, like in the Lord of the Rings films, after the first film, they all get broken. All the, 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 the fellowship mm. gets broken up, doesn't it? And then yeah. the rest of the next two films, those characters and, don't really meet up at all until the very, very end. 
This, this felt to me like what Doctor Who was doing for a few years. It would have a couple of episodes each series that were called Doctor Light episodes. So through some contrivance or other, they'd have an episode that was focused almost entirely on another character. The Doctor was only in it at the end or the beginning. I think Blink is a good example. Um, the, the one where there's a guy who's part of like a Doctor hunting fan group. Um, and then I think there was oh, one where... Is that where, the one where the, he's like an ear, is a massive ELO fan? Is that that's the one, yeah. yeah that's, that's, and it's got Peter Kay in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, there was, in I think, in the series with um, Catherine Tate, they had one where the Doctor was on his own while she was in a, in a spa, and then there was one where she was on her own, like in a weird alternate history version of herself, and the Doctor's only in the end. And they called them Doctor Light episodes, and it felt very much like, here we've got a Discovery Light episode, we've just got Burnham, and then obviously in the next episode you've got the Discovery in the crew, but no Burnham. Yeah. Um, so um, it's I, think, I think Doctor Who is an economic thing that they could film two episodes simultaneously without needing their main stars to be in the same place, two different places at the same time. <laughs> um, in season three of Farscape, Indeed. I think it's season three, they did a similar thing as well where they, they split the crew into two different um, groups, groups and they had one episode with one group, one mm-hmm. episode with another group, and then they, they can get together again in the end. Uh, and that and that actually was really good. That, that, that worked pretty effectively. Yeah. I also think, in in terms of the story, it's kind of a good. Th- it's it's interesting because we've kind of set this like there's Burnham and then there's the rest of them and there's this div- divide, mm. and that's kind of really emphasised in episode three when they reunite. But Burnham's had this year away and she's not really sure where she stands. She's not wish- how she- sure how she feels about her Starfleet service anymore. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think the the difference. She had to do this. She had to do the be the Red Angel, and she had to take Discovery back. Everyone else volunteered, and I think there's kind of like the whole thing is like, do they resent her for, you know, they said, oh, we'll do this to back you up, and actually that we kind of we wish we hadn't. Is that is she going to feel that they do and they don't? Is that, there's a lot of like separation I'm feeling yeah, yeah. between them there, and I kind of wonder how that will all play out over the next yeah. few episodes. Plus, she has created a life, a different life, a, mm. a freer life. Um, that she, I, you know, she doesn't seem too excited to leave behind mm, to, to yeah. go back to a, a world of um, responsibility. With their boyfriend, it feels like a reboot of the Burnham character as well this season. It's so, good, yeah. yeah. She yeah. does seem different, Definitely, doesn't she? Yeah, I think oh, I'm it's more in line with the. I don't know. I feel like that the act, the actress, that actor. Sonika Martin Green is maybe a bit freer to bit, give put a bit more of her own personality into the character. There's mm. less there's less Vulcanisms this now. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten around. that she even was Vulcan. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Yeah, she's um, yeah, she's she's quite. She's far more. Um, yeah. She's far Lucy. more um, caring about other people. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Which she wasn't most for the most part in seasons one and two. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I buy that, like, to to go through everything she went through in season two and then be flung into the distant future Mm. and then spend a year sort of on her own. Well, not really on her own. Yeah. And and the massive cat. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But I've given as we've seen the book in two episodes, and he's got his shirt off in both. I can imagine that year he was 
barely ever clothed. It, it but you can't a... judge it. You can't judge a book by its cover. Oh, oh wow! It will surprise you to know me and Rick didn't even pun that. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna take his shirt off. Then we can judge him. <laughs> uh, um, I yeah, that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was good work, man. It was good work. Mm. Yeah, I, I I buy that that um, um, the Burnham is, is would change over yeah, that year. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, she's had to live in a completely different world because she's gone from the very strict, logical upbringing on Vulcan mm-hmm. to the very strict, disciplined regimen of a Starfleet life, and then suddenly she's had a year of just absolute freedom. Yeah. It's got to be a huge difference to her. Yeah, and the, to, to to listen in episode three, yes, her and Book talking about their crazy exploits. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. that time we did the thing? Oh, yeah, that thing. Oh, at least you're not drunk this time. Yeah. Oh. oh that's, yeah, was just, I felt like there was one too many of those. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. You had adventures. <laughs> Shut up already. Remember that time when I had to wade through that bog on castle to pull those leeches off you? Yes, when we saved each other. Nope, I saved you. And this is worse than the bog. Oh. Yeah, that's, it reminds like when someone um, then someone comes back after travelling for a while. Oh, going, yeah. Oh, yeah. Went to, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You went to nice oh, places and had a good time. Yeah. Oh, this reminds me of that one place we went to in Cambodia. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely Cambodia. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, off. I was a bin man last year. <laughs> Didn't go anywhere. Except like out in the lorry <laughs> collecting bins. Uh, Thank you for um, your service. <laughs> c- c- continuing the theme, um, I suppose it's emphasised with when Book is forced to don a Starfleet uniform and his absolute discomfort with that because his life is the life mm-hmm. of freedom and not of rules and regulations kind of underscores that and what the difference the Burnham's had. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if I wonder if that kind of hint, hints at, at you know why the Federation's in its state that it's not just the burn perhaps, but yeah. but mm. but how it but how people viewed it anyway. Mm. Well, I suppose that in some ways that brings us on to one of the big thing that happens in episode three is that they go back to Earth mm. and. Yeah. The Federation is not there, and it's it, it is Earth, but it's it's quite different now. Mm. Quite isolated. Yes, um, isolationist indeed. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they ask the Federation to leave? In fact. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it seems to be doing very well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They seem they, yeah, they seem to be doing fine. They got crazy. Crazy technology going on there. Yeah, except for the except for the people who had left and were dumped yes. on like a, an asteroid somewhere, and then were attacking them, pretending to be aliens. Well, I, yeah, well, yeah, isn't wasn't the story that they didn't actually know that they that things had gone horribly wrong for them? Where were they from? It wasn't. Yes, Titan. That, they were on Titan, weren't they? Titan. Yeah. They were they were basically belters. They're belters. You, yeah. You're fans of the expanse. You know what we're talking uh, about. Eh? 
Um, and if you're nuts, goodbye. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're sort of like, yeah, they're sort of kind of working class humans who are out working the tough jobs doing the mining and mm-hmm. um, kind of independent. And seemingly, yeah, seemingly self-sufficient, but there was um, some kind of disaster and they couldn't support themselves and they went to Earth to ask for help and Earth thought they were uh, attacking. Them. Yeah. Earth gave them the middle finger. They did indeed. Yeah. So they decided to um, turn into raiders. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could argue that one thing about this episode I did think was that the discovery showed up and patched that argument up pretty quickly, didn't they? (laughs) And looked really smug about it. Yeah, yeah, that was something that I... I I, I liked that episode up probably up until that point, actually. I I thought it was good that we saw Earth. Um, I thought, you know, the, the characters that are introduced in this episode are... You know, idea is it introduced in this episode mm. and <clears throat> all that stuff's interesting but I, I just wasn't completely convinced with the ending and it felt a bit like a parents I mean you guys are parents getting two children who were arguing with each other to try and see each other's side they were, they were pretty, the Federation seemed a bit condescending to them they did. They did. when was the last time your two peoples talked with one another they have no respect. Try. Perhaps it is time to stop making assumptions and start listening. I mean, you could argue that, like, that is, that is very Star it's Trek. That's better. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. That is, that's, that's a fair point, Will. Um, but it's still, it's still annoying to see, isn't it? Like, when the... Yeah. I mean, if that's going to be the message that um, without the Federation... Everywhere's regressed to being children, childlike, and discovery, despite being 900 odd years from the past, it's got all those Federation values to come and be the disapproving parents mm. and tell them all to sort themselves out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I know they'll wind Gemma right up. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea that Rick imagines as a parent you could make a child know, see right? something from a different person's <laughs> point of view. <laughs> Impossible. I have no, I have no in in life experience of this. So I'm, I'm just guessing. <laughs> it's basically start start sharing supplies with the miners on Titan, or no technology, no technology time. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we're not going to go to Riser. <laughs> <laughs> Or you're on the way to rise. Like, all right, right. I'm turning this shuttle back home. <laughs> Stop arguing. Um, I mean, it, it was um, it was nice to see Earth, and I I loved the shot at the end as we sort of pull back and see the like you know the familiar surrounding Starfleet headquarters mm. and then Golden Gate Bridge and stuff. And like, oh, that pretty bucket cool. bridge is still standing. That's doing well. Yeah, I mean, I. Maybe that's been rebuilt a few times over the years. But I think we know it has because the Breen attack on Earth in the last series of DS9 showed it got smashed up a bit. Oh, yeah. Ah, right. Oh, that tree's okay. okay. The tree's old tree. Good old tree. Yeah. (laughs) I was saying on Twitter, actually, I would love if... um, if they'd just shown a faint um, imprint of a carving of AF in that, Mm -hmm. because in the game where Picard said he the Boothby caught him 
carving AF into the initials. I the thought, initial AF into the tree. I, I thought, you know what? I thought um, we'd get like a shot of like a, a thousand year old man going, <laughs> let, let me die. <laughs> still boothies is being kept alive to look after the, the grounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe, maybe you're also training someone how to box Voyager like a thousand year like a thousand now, year old man training like a maybe Boothby's got a, a robo box anymore <laughs> yeah maybe Boothby's got like a Picard body yeah. basically mm-hmm. now. Hey, that's yeah. true yeah. then he wouldn't be so upset about being a thousand years old Exactly, yeah, and yeah. he could pre- teach people how to box. Ah, oh, why? Why do we not have this spin-off yet? <laughs> I, I suppose the, the problem is that all all the shooting's been upended by COVID, so they would have had the card series two out, and you'd know that you went and, re- and put Boothby in a robot body. But we haven't had that bit yet, so we can't uh, spoil it now in, in Discovery. Uh, I know it's all it's all very difficult. Yeah, uh, that is a good point. That's my assumption. <laughs> there are there are ideas of definitely what can happen, but COVID has ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. In, in any walk of life, just <laughs> COVID. <laughs> and then, so in the the most recent episode that we all saw, which was episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- at this point of the story, um, there is a a, a character. Um, is it Adira? Mm-hmm. Adira. Yeah. Who. Um, is she has a, a trill symbion inside her, mm-hmm, but she's but, human. Indeed. And the they decide, they're like, what? Um, uh, uh-huh. Let's go to, let's well, go to trill. Confusingly, the species is called trill. Their planet is also called trill. So also and both parts of the species are called trill. <laughs> yeah, the symbion's called trill. And, and it's like, ah. Oh, so confusing. But the, the reason the reason they decide to go to Trill, the planet of Trill, mm. to speak to the Trill is that she <laughs> cannot access the memories of her symbiote. She cannot yeah. really communicate with it on any meaningful level. And yeah, then you're trying to play you're trying to play like a a DVD on a on something that won't play a DVD. Yeah, it's like region <laughs> locked or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, trying to play. Yeah, that's a better analogy. <laughs> and they're all assuming it's because she's human and she's not. You know, they don't know, so they have to go back to Trill. Yeah. So is it? So yeah, we we get to see Trill. Um, yeah. yeah, pretty cool. We've seen it before, haven't we? There's, I'm sure there's there been a Dax episode where they go back. Yeah. And... We have Equilibrium. I think we see when um, when there's. Repressed memories of um, the murderous Dax start surfacing in Chad's ear. They take it to Trill. Um, most most Trill aren't joined with a Trill. No. Mm. Um, so join Trill are actually rare on Trill. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only the best Trill, of the best. Uh, and then there's Trill. <laughs> Trill I join with Trill on Trill. <laughs> this conversation is trilling. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh and, and aside, I have a question about Trill. Okay, um, Everson, of, of the, <laughs> Everson of the Ricks. I'm assuming you might have an answer to this. If anybody does, when a uh, Trill host 
is dies, is injured unto death, the symbiote obviously is moved to another host, if possible. Yeah. Or I know put back in the tank for later if not. Is there ever yeah. a case where the symbiote is injured and the host can survive? I don't think so. It's always kind of made it's always talked about that if if um if they removed a bonded symbiont from a host, the host would die without it, mm. become dependent. So that would suggest mm. that if, if the symbiont was injured to the point of dying, the host would then die with it. Mm. Um, I can't think of a particular episode or anything to cite offhand. Um, I think there was some concern, actually, there was a season two DS9 episode where um, Lionel Luther um, of Smallville turned up um, and stole Dax because mm. he wanted to be joined to a Dax. Yeah. And they, they did, um, he, he forced Bashir to perform the surgery and they, they said he was a Dax for a short time. And I believe there was some talk that if they didn't, Jadzia would die without the symbiont. And if they didn't get it out of there, um, John Glover would die if um, if he was if he was bonded too long with the Dax symbiont. Mm. So, um, which kind of, I think if, if, I think that backs up what I was just saying. Yeah, it's not a great deal for the hosts, really. Not really. A lot, no. a lot more risk on the host side. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Which but is you, a get, you get the skills of the um, you get the skills of the past mm-hmm. hosts, I suppose. You're like, well, hopefully this person likes like playing the piano and, <laughs> and languages. Yeah, yeah. But they, maybe that's why they pushed. Why maybe that's why in their society it's such an honour to be joined because mm. actually it's incredibly risky, <laughs> uh, and so they need you to think it's a great honour. Yeah. Otherwise, no one would do it. It's yeah, like that's true. It's a great delicacy. Mm. Actually, it's usually pretty nasty, and that's why only a very few people eat it. Yeah, but they keep saying that it's a great delicacy. Then, then it's really expensive. Yeah, maybe that's but it. You do become part of something so huge, and you become such a big part of it, though. You do. We're just being facetious. <laughs> <laughs> it's because um, obviously um, I watched Discovery now with my wife, who's not a massive Star Trek fan and hasn't watched any previous series really. So when something like the Trill comes up, she's like, "What? What, what are they talking about?" <laughs> and so she, she, I think Discovery is sort of explaining it a bit as they go. But if you've got the background, it's it's a lot more meaningful. Mm. Some sort of explaining the concepts of the trill to one. I was just thinking, flipping it, the whole trill thing is a, such an awesome concept. There's so much they can do with this. Yeah. And so, you know, so much they have done with it. And the fact they're sort of revisiting and bringing trill into Discovery is so exciting because there's mm. loads of stuff they can do with this. And this did feel, this most recent episode did feel more like, uh, feel more familiar in terms of what you expect from a, a Star Trek episode from... Like the TNG era, it had a slower pace to it than, mm, yeah. than a lot of Discovery episodes, which are often pretty, often you know, action packed and and go along at a very at a, at a speedy rate. There, whereas this this just seemed to be a bit more to, to just be a bit more 
bit slower. Like it was a bit slower paced and more time mm. to kind of absorb the story, I suppose. And it had a it had a sort of a classic like A and B arc structure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as A and B story structure and Star Trek cave set. Yay. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. I I I did think this episode was maybe the sort of slowest um and maybe the least exciting episode so far, but I, I really liked how Star Trek y it felt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gave me special feelings in that regard. <laughs> You've got one story that's like you go down to planet, meet some people, and then you basically have your characters lay down in a big pool of water for a bit to have mm. a self discovery. Mm. While your B story is yeah. people on, on, on the ship are getting a little bit sad, so they all have a meal together. Yeah, we've all been there when someone does an inappropriate haiku, right? <laughs> <laughs> the drones can't get Stamets' blood off the med bay floor. No, wait, no one can clean Stamets' blood. <laughs> okay, I've got it, I've got it. No one can get Stamets blood. Oh, shoot. No, wait, 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 wait. Oh, that time. Man. Man. That, Will, that haiku you did three years ago was hilarious, but Oops. Oh, pretty yeah. racist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard when you, you know, you find the words that perfectly fit the structure. And you're like, oh, how's this going to go down? Yeah. <laughs> 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 It wasn't racist. Yeah, let's, no, clarify, no. let's clarify, Will has not done racist. <laughs> no, it's yeah. more limericks, I suppose. <laughs> those are. I mean, those are terrible, but, you know, yeah. with limericks, you kind of expect it. <laughs> it it did feel like a very... It's funny, this only just occurred to me, but, like, this is a very Star Trek oh, idea God, that yeah. everyone sits around at a dinner party and makes up like <laughs> Yeah, why not fart jokes? They're funny. Demma had to go straight to the, the to the awkward blood stained decks thing. Yeah. Yeah. So jeez, oh, Demma. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out, love. Yeah. But I I actually I really like that, that um because that there was a tease that there was something wrong with her since episode two mm-hmm. and i like that it turns out that she is just having a really hard time dealing with yeah. everything and that's you know it's not like she's not been affected by control or something there's yeah. no problem. Which a lot of people were saying they, they thought that was what was the problem mm. yeah and we're all hoping that it wasn't and it i'm is. done with control i think we, we packed the red mm. angel suit up at the beginning of episode one and i feel we've moved on yeah we've done with that yeah mm-hmm. and i'm glad well we need to move on and go into fresher stories and in terms of the the fact that detma has a essentially like a post-traumatic stress um mm. problem i think the fact that in series one that's what ash seemed to be having and instead of a really interesting comfort um, storyline delving into someone of that he turned out to be a Klingon in disguise I was always a little disappointed yes yeah, so I'm yeah. quite glad that it's not an evil influence this time Me, yeah 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 although we do have an element of possibly something influencing events or in in the background 
Don't we? <laughs> Sexy computer. Computer? <laughs> Hello. Hello? Among many sentient beings, laughter is both healing and meaningful. Yes. Yeah, the sex and computer and, and the, the the red on the screen. Red on the, the screen. Red, yeah. Always a sign of. <laughs> that's that's, um, so it's like sphere data, isn't it? I suppose. Well, that's what. That's the assumption. I guess it's going to be. That's the case. It's like. I, I seems similar. It seems similar to Ultron. Yeah, you know, in mm-hmm. Avengers: Age of Ultron. Like, yeah. Yeah. Tony yeah. Stark was experimenting and. The ship is becoming and, and Ultron kind of used Jarvis to become Ultron. Yeah. I, I took the red graphical change to be basically a, a depiction of the sphere itself to show us, hey, everyone, sphere data might be relevant to this next bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but obviously there's the fact that the, the computer's voice changed and was then voiced by the same actress who voiced the computer in the short trek Calypso. Yeah, I thought, oh, yes, right. I wondered if that was the case. I didn't, it is, I, didn't I, I, I IMDb'd it. IMDb'd it. It's the same actress. Mm. Interesting. So we are, we are potentially witnessing the birth of Sora. Right. Because that's going to have to happen, I suppose, isn't it? Because we've seen that. So yeah. It's well, happen to... But we don't know. I don't know if anything has to happen. You can take, you can always, especially when time travel's involved, yeah. I... If, if I'm honest, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and this might be a very minority view, but I personally would like if we never ever reference Calypso again, because I thought Calypso was a beautiful story, but it doesn't need to be mined or milked for anything. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you on mm. that. When is when was Calypso set? It doesn't say exactly. It just says that Discovery had been abandoned for close to a thousand years. Okay, so that could be mm. another thousand years from now, mm. from season three. Yeah, 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 but they could explain why anything with a little bit of old time travel, sort of hand wavy stuff, couldn't they? Mm-hmm. And we could still have the development of of Zora, the the sentient computer of Discovery, as we witnessed in the clip. So, um, if they can do it good, if they have a good story behind it, brilliant. I'm I'm excited to see what it is. I if they're just doing it because Calypso was brilliant and popular, and they mm-hmm. feel that they need to, I'm kind of mm-hmm. less keen. Because, like I said, I just think it was a beautiful story. It doesn't need to be. It's a nice Easter egg, isn't it? It's a, it's it a is. nice Easter yeah. egg. Fans. It may be that Discovery will just develop a sentience, or, and I saw mm. one theory, that at some point, um, Philippa Giorgio will use Discovery to travel back in time to be in the Section 31 series, and that she will abandon Discovery in a hidden place. The crew to basically pick up later. Ah, uh, uh, right. To me, that smacks of endangering discoveries um, to be found by control. Mm. It's kind of undoes the whole point of the time travel in the first place. So, yeah. What if Giorgio gets murdered by um, Libyan terrorists in the <laughs> Twin Pines Mall? <laughs> in the car park of the Twin Pines Mall. And what if what if she um, what if she doesn't form a bond with? Um, like a, like, a teen, like a teenage um, high school student. I thought you were referencing Michelle Yeoh's role in a James Bond film. <laughs> yeah, they oh, should have, yeah. Uh, instead of watching that um, Buster Keaton, I mean, that Buster Keaton film is fine, but they should watch um, Back to the Future. <laughs> Funnily enough, my wife questions us of all the films they could watch. Why, why is it random old Charlie Chaplin sort of thing? Because they're allowed, because it's the cheapest. Yeah. Well, speaking of Giorgio's Bond, though, 
Yeah. Do we? Do we? Is anyone shipping Giorgio and uh, oh, Linus? And Linus. <laughs> yeah, I love Linus. He's great. <laughs> I, think, I just I wish think... he had like a. I wish he had like a little comfort blanket, like Linus in Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know after, after what I just said that at some point we we wonder if Giorgio will be going back in time to be in the Section Thirty One series? Can you imagine Linus joining her? Mm-hmm. He's just constantly hovering over her shoulder, going. <laughs> Yeah, is that is that good though? Is that maybe like a bit of a shit move? And she's yeah. like, I was I was the empress of the most evil empire in the mirror universe. It's like, yeah, but an a- aliens a a move, isn't it? I was worried because because Linus gets a, a bit of dialogue in a proper bit of dialogue in episode two, yes. and then he heads off with and Giorgio follows him. I thought, oh no, is she going to eat Linus? <laughs> Commander, the EPS grid is functional on deck six. Hello, Giorgio. You must have an enormous visible spectrum. Hmm. 74,000 nanometers. We should talk. Report to Deck 8, Linus. They could use help. I'll join him. She eats, because she eats Kelpians, so... Yeah. Um, I was worried, but Linus seems okay. Yeah, yeah, Linus is... um, I really like Linus. He's a great character. Yeah, I think there's something between Linus and Giorgio. Yeah, something, something romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he. I don't want to be vulgar, but you know, he's got that lizard tongue. Oh. He, he might be the only, the only guy on the ship who can satisfy her nutty needs. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Does he have access to like peanuts and walnuts? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shoes. That's what I mean. <laughs> there's a um, yeah. I love the. There's a dating website called Nutty Needs. <laughs> it's for squirrels. <laughs> Very oh, <yeah>. neat. <laughs> it should. Well, that should exist. So you 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 came up with that. So thanks. All right, I, I get that domain name now. I'm going to try and train trademark it. Trademark it and train the squirrels. Yeah. On a on a, on a Star Trek note, oh, yeah. but slightly tangent. Chilly. Good. What, yeah, it worked. Yeah. Thanks. Carry on. Managed to say it. You did. What, what does everyone think of Saru as captain? <gasps> oh, it's yeah, great. I'm happy. I, I think that's, yeah. that, that's, that's needed. That's earned. It needs to be that. I love the idea that him and Burnham had had a conversation beforehand about it as well. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it needs to be Saru. He's, he's earned it after all this time. I yeah, I think it's good after like two seasons where it it felt like he he sort of should be captain. He now yeah. and there isn't any sort of stunt casting of of someone else being captain. And I think he's yeah. been good. Yeah. He's proved himself as captain already. Hmm. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that um, naturally accepts him, don't they? Yeah, yeah. He's like you were saying. He's he's earned that position. I, I think with Burnham, her character seems. Her character arc, whatever it is, seems to to take her away from that sort of responsibility. She's she seems to be doing things that that aren't allowed within the responsibilities of a, a captain. Not not to say she, that she couldn't do that role, but well, but I think what it feels like Saru is that sort of steady hand. Yeah, and I think with Burnham, even if she was wasn't at, you know feeling a year of freedom and wondering about a future starfleet um she's always been and someone said it in um episode four they they said she was a responsibility hoarder 
Mm. And, and Berna's problem over the last three seasons has always been that she feels the need to take on every problem as her own personal responsibility to solve. And I, that's not, you know, Starfleet's, Starfleet's, no, Starfleet's got to be a team. She's got to know how to delegate. She's got to know how to use her crew and their skills. Burnham has always struggled with that. Um, and I like it. I like that she has this character flaw, I think. And it is a flaw because she, it, 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 it constantly gets her into trouble. But she always has to take all the responsibility onto herself. And there's a point, I think, in episode four with the Trill Pools, when Adira was pulled under, um, and they, um, they said that um, basically she, it had to be that they could create a, neur- um, a neural link to between them. I thought, oh, great, here we go. So now Burnham's got to get in on, on Adira's moment a bit here. Um, and as it panned out, I think it turned out well without overshadowing Adira. But there was a little point where I just thought, Burnham has to take everything on. It's always got to be like, ah, <laughs> oh, Burnham, just let people do it for themselves for once. <laughs> I was, um, I have to admit, I, um, I, I, I really enjoyed episode four. It's probably my, mm. it might have been my favourite so far of season three. But I, um, I was looking forward to it being Colbert and Adira that went down. Yes. Uh, I, I still feel like we haven't seen enough of, although to be fair, in season three, we have seen, I think in, in, in this episode as well, Colbert was, it was mainly, being a doctor, he wasn't mm. sort of Stamets' boyfriend, um, which was good. I just, I, it would have been good to have, I, it would have been cool to have Colbert and Adira on Trill, I think. Yeah. But I can see why, I can see why in the story they, they made that choice. I don't have, a, I don't really have a problem with it, but it would have been cool to have Colbert and Adira down on Trill. I think, I think Colbert was needed for the crew though, because he was the one who sort of got, he got Detmer to open up, and I think ultimately he's going to be the one who's going to help a lot of them come to terms with it. And I was thinking about it, why Why is Culber so chilled, but everyone else, and then I realised, Culber died and came back. He's got through way more trauma of who is he, what's his place in the world, what is he even is he over the last season, that these guys, yeah. you know, he's probably perfectly placed to help these guys now, because he's got through that. And, you know, in there, all of them feeling that they're disassociated from reality, they don't know their place or anything. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of had to deal with that already. So, Yeah, that's a good point. I'd forgotten that about that character. Mm-hmm. He should have already been through that. Um, but I, I would have liked it. I, I was quite looking forward to a sort of... Mm-hmm. A, a, um, with him being a more central character in this episode, and yeah, you know, I was a little bit disappointed that Burnham took his place. Instead. Yeah. Also, I wasn't totally convinced that by the reasons that it should be her instead of him, even in the story. It's like, but he's the Doctor. <laughs> he's the most qualified person to go down with him. Ah, okay. Mm, reasons, reasons, reasons. Shouldn't you uh, be headed to the shuttle now? Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I think you should be the one to take Adira to the surface. Her memory loss isn't a medical problem. She needs somebody to support her emotionally. Why do you think that's me? Well, Adira's had almost everything she's depended on stripped away. I think you understand that. I think you do, too. To be fair, that is something that happens a lot in Star Trek. Yeah. In Star Trek stories, frequently, the the, the least like someone who who is like 
not necessarily the most qualified yeah. will go down because that's a more interesting story choice. Yeah, or is too important, like the captain of the ship. Yes, yeah. He's constantly going on away mission. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or flying off on a shuttle on his own <laughs> to go to a conference. <laughs> oh, Picard. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I am hoping following last night's episode, we're going to see more of the other characters get a little bit more of a spotlight. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they are all interesting, but no one's really got... And I know some of that is the fact that we're dealing with like very much shorter series now. We don't have 26 episodes anymore. So you yeah. can't do that, but I still think Discovery, as an ensemble show, has a lot of strength in, in its in its other characters. Um, yeah, I agree, and I think I think that fourth episode really showed like how how much it could do with those mm. characters yeah, if it had the time to do it. I mean, I always felt felt in series two they they gave Tilly a lot a lot of story time in the first few episodes, and then she sort of drifted for the rest. Likewise, Stammer had a little bit to do beginning, and then it, him in the the storyline with him and Culber was basically Culber had a lot to deal with, but Stammer ended up just having pulling this heartbreaking sad face for most of the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah, with not a little, not a lot of real meaty story behind it. I think as well with um with uh, before Discovery, like we've been saying, Trek series had twenty plus episodes mm. to to tell the stories that they wanted to, which meant that you could have characters, you can have main characters in the background in some episodes where they're just doing their job and in other episodes where you get to kind of engage with them on a more personal level, whereas in Discovery there's less episodes, so I suppose you have to make, you have it's tougher to decide how you want to use these characters in that series. You can't, you, you can't do everything with them. You have to sort of choose what you want them to do in the sort of 15, 16 episodes that you've got with them. Yeah, you don't have the space to have a whole episode where Linus has a birthday cowboy program on the holodeck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh. Man, yeah, or like Linus's... Imagine on Linus's planet, there must be a version of V where where lizard aliens turn up, but it turns out that underneath they're, no, they're no, humans. No, <laughs> <laughs> or there's like conspiracies on Linus's homeworld that his home world is run by mammals. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, like, come on. I'd love to know that about Linus. Is that true, Linus? Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I have a bad feeling we'll, we'll never find that out. <laughs> does he like, um, does he like um, Peanuts, the, the, both, oh, both the thing and the cartoon? <laughs> There's a human with my name who has well, a cartoon. Good As Will said, he fulfills Georgia's nutty needs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, speaking of Giorgio, um, it's it's I I really like seeing more of her in in episode two. Mm-hmm. I felt that we had a good reminder that she is a bit, uh, she is a bit of a villain. She she is a murderer yeah. from a parallel yeah. universe. She's um, a murderer. Yeah, and I, I I liked that, and and um, Saru really had to kind of try and put her in a place a little bit, mm. and she, she still went off on her own and like killed a bunch of people, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, it was it's, it's kind of interesting to me that without Michael there, she was a lot more like just going around sh- 
shouting everyone that they're doing it wrong and that they mm. should do it her way sort of thing. Mm. So I almost wonder how much Burnham is a restraint on her. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, she was particularly good in episode two. Um, and there's pretty awesome fight scenes in the bar with her. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. I liked that. Um, and, so, I mean, I, I, we, we've said it before, but I think season two, uh, episode two had some really beautiful visuals as well. Oh, yes. Um, oh, I, I nearly cried with joy at the, uh, the, the mining facility on the suspended rocks. Um, yeah, that was so cool. And it's like a the huge the huge machinery as well, like the big yeah. sort of circular, like the big mining rig with the circular kind of cut, cutter, I suppose. You can see that in the far distance, but it's mm. clearly like gigantic. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, well, I thought yeah. the crash, Discovery's crash was a really nice sequence as well. Yes, it was, yeah. Starship crashes are usually pretty well done. I mean, they no, they normally pull out the stops. Right, I survived it. Oh, which is rare. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it might be the first Starship crash we've seen on screen. They've survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a you know, it's it, the, the visuals are sort of movie quality mm-hmm. to my eyes. And anyway. They, they um, and, and all the scenes of that mining facility, they had a they had a bit of a sort of space western vibe. They did, yeah. which Trekkers leaned into from time to time. Yeah, but I knew. Well, it was, I knew as soon as Georgie was un- involved in 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 that part of the story that they'd be fine. Even when the that space villain turned up, who who was just a bit too too much of a jerk. If he just dialed back his jerkiness, I think he would have been okay. But he was a he, jerk, he was almost so. pantomime. Yeah, yeah, he was a bit too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he got everything he deserved, really. But I knew Georgia would sort him out. <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, as soon as she showed up, you're like, oh, okay, she's just going to murder everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, she has. <laughs> Good <laughs> um, But and I, I like the, the the dynamic with her and Saru again mm. in that episode. Like, you know, he's trying to uphold the, the Starfleet values and she just wants to murder people. Mm. <laughs> It's a nice little but conflict. He, he can control her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even you know, because he lost his he lost his fear flaps. His, his fear flaps fell off in season two. They did. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten. His fear that. flaps yeah. fell off, and he's got his shooty dark flaps now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that was a thing that I didn't know he had. <laughs> <laughs> he had them in, in in series season two, didn't he? But they didn't come up again. So I was quite glad to see them reemerge. As it yeah. Were. Yeah, four episodes into Discovery season three, and I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Mm. Um, it's it's a world away from season two. Yeah, it's it is it it it, it feels like the reboot that it needed. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I really enjoyed season one, and I I didn't love season two. Mm. I I did love elements of yeah. it and episodes yeah. in it, but I did, overall I didn't love it. And I, I feel like season three, I, I think I could love it. Mm. I don't want them to, I I don't want them to leave this this sort of time frame, this universe. This I love I love it. Mm. Yeah, I think, I'm hoping I mean, they don't. I don't see a need to. No. If if they go back to where they came from they're exposing the sphere data to control and that's a risk so to my mind they have to stay where they are yeah and they have to deal with the, with the hand that they've got and they have to shape the future into how they can best deal with it i feel like going back in time 
will be a might be a plot point, but I don't think it will be an end point for the show itself. Mm. Yeah. I guess, I guess um, Georgia has to get back to be in Section Thirty One somehow. Yeah, I don't. I don't think if they run a Section Thirty One show in this time frame, it would be as it, it'd be quite what we're all hoping for. <laughs> no, I, I don't see the see the point unless, unless it's like Giorgio starting up a new section 31 but but in in what federation Giorgio starts up her own gang yeah Giorgio yeah, Giorgio's murder gang <laughs> <laughs> yeah she calls it section 31 but it's, they're just going murdering people yeah <laughs> actually do you know what? I would watch that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Michelle Yeoh doing it. I mean, I'm going to watch it, whatever. It feels like we've covered a lot, but I also yeah. feel like I feel like everyone's going to have some final thoughts. So should we? Mm. Should we go around around the group? Final yeah. Thoughts? Well, um, four episodes in, I'm really enjoying season three. I think you know it's a, it's basically a soft reboot. Um, I think that it's also a soft reboot of Burnham, which I. I feel like is allowing the Tanika Martin Green to maybe put more of herself into the character, which is good. I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I, it feels like it's perhaps been freed from a lot of the things that that led to criticism of it. It's got a bit more potential to just do its own thing, and um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah, I, I I basically agree with everything Rick just said. That's that's how I feel about that's it as well. That's not final thought. <laughs> I know. And my final thought is Rick's that's, final thought. That's being a sycophant. <laughs> i got to go first, though, so yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I feel like that's a good summary of, of basically what, you know, all of the mm. the things we've been saying. I, I like that it's a soft reboot and, it, and it, it works. It's, you know, all these episodes have been either thrilling or... or thoughtful or feel like star trek mm. and um yeah i think season three is that it's it feels like it could be the strongest season so far mm. i i like that it, as you say it's a soft reboot we've taken discovery out of the out of the known star trek universe into a future where we don't know yet it's got episodes that maybe feel more like traditional star trek than we've ever had before with it Yes, mm. which is yeah. crazy. And I do also want to mention because we've not brought it up yet, the fact that we've gone um, in the last couple of episodes, we've featured a non-binary actor and character, and a transgender actor and character, which um, we've not really fully explored too much in the, in the in the first appearances. But I'm really looking forward to how that pans out because that's a. I think it's good that Trek's still making these bold moves in trying to put the puts these I, things on screen for people and hope we really get to explore that a little bit more in the yeah. next few episodes. Although it is a non-binary um, character that people constantly refer to as she. I'm hoping that gets addressed, yeah, because yeah. Um, it's supposed to be actor and character. Mm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I, suppose, I, mean, I suppose now that this character is 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 able to embrace their full trillness then that that is going to become more i'm assuming i'm assuming yeah yeah, as as, as they get more comfortable with their joint status much like Mm. esri went from a very very confused young woman in her initial appearances as she tried to acclimatize to being joined as adira 
gets used to joining, she will, or, sorry, they will discover their identity in in that way, and maybe sort yeah. of then put yeah. that out to people and 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 you know make that decision or or recognise that part of themselves. Hmm. And is it is anyone else a, a little bit disappointed that? That the character is a trill, and therefore, therefore, it, f- it feels like there's some Star Trek has some license to, yeah. like they've not fully committed to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I suppose it's. I'm. I'd be interested in how they would introduce this about a character in a in a world which is already progressive i mean because we it's a because it's you know in a, in, a, in a world where you're interacting with dozens of different alien species which mm. must which must have would probably have more than one gender and um, it would it's it's i i i would i'm you know i i'm interested in how you you bring in a debate on this issue Considering that, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's something you can definitely do. You want but to I... bring in a a, um, a, a a non-binary character and not have that be the only thing about that character. So, yeah. I guess in a way, this is a way to just to, to introduce the fact that they're non-binary and then move on. Yeah, that, I mean, the the, the yeah. interesting thing that I find about difference is that it's. Difference can be special, but also not important. Mm. I don't know. In, in some ways, in many ways, it's special because it's because it, people are different from each other, and that difference is important. But in other ways, it's not important. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It's. I'm, I'm interested in. I think. I think they're doing the best job they can in terms of trying to include. Um, you know, non-binary and transgender actors and characters in the show. It, I, it's, it's difficult because it can be easy to to take a wrong turn on this kind of thing, and mm. not intentionally, but just mm. just be a little thoughtless, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not. I'm think, not in the right. I'm not in the writers' room. <laughs> no, uh, I think I think the fact that they've got a non-binary actor to play a non-binary character is the very important thing. Yeah. Because that will help avoid mister. Yeah. I kind of hope that the way this is going is obviously using a trill can be seen as a copper, but also I think Trip has a long history of metaphor and using and using different you know, presenting things in different ways. So I think there's maybe like rather than just be sort of just have this as a character and it's, it's an incidental part of them. They're, yeah. they're, I think they the, the, what they're trying to do is is have someone on screen that where people are confused and about their gender identity, they have someone they can look to because if mm-hmm. if Adira is going to have this discovery for herself about uh, about their own gender status and 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 find themselves to be you know eventually find themselves as non-binary, I think the point is there's that that's something that people who are Make in on that journey themselves can look to on that screen and and see themselves, and yeah. that maybe in some way help them relate to that and come to terms with these things in their own life. I mean, so I mean, so far the feedback I've seen has been positive, really positive. So from yeah. from people in those communities in relation to the Adira character, as far as I can see. I mean, I've not seen everything, but. 
but which is really good. I mean, I, yeah. I mean that seems to be as part of the reason that they've made this casting choice, and it's working really well. I I really like Adira. I think mm. they're a great character. Have to remember to say. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've, I know I've already slipped up once, and it's 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 just no, no, it's easy to do. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, well, I, I I feel like I feel like they've done a pretty good job so far, and I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not someone who's ex- who's an expert in how how it's how the choices that are made in writing these sorts of characters. But from my point of view, um, it hasn't seemed over, it hasn't seemed overbearing. It hasn't seemed like they're trying to, to you know to make a point. They just mm-hmm. they just brought in a character and they are this person and and that's fine. Yeah, I think it's difficult to find a, a balance in the story because sometimes it it can feel like you're. It's, it's sometimes it, track can do things where it's a bit too on the nose, mm. and it doesn't feel like they've done that so far. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sorry. I I think that this. I think they're doing it now for those people, the mm. the people that are being represented. Whereas, I mean, I mean, we've talked about episodes like Cogenitor, and um, and the episode of TNG where Riker falls in love with the the outcast. Uh, yeah, and and to be yeah. fair, like I've watched those episodes and I like them, but you know, I that's from my point of view. Uh, I don't know what those episodes are like to watch for someone who is that person. So, yeah, these episodes of Discovery seem that they're aimed at being, you know, taking into consideration what it's actually like to be transgender mm. or, or mm. non-binary, and that's really good. Yeah, and I suppose with having a character who is. Um, human um but with a symbiote inside them and, and they're struggling with the, their identity around that so i guess it's not quite that they can kind of tell a story about that character trying to adjust to how they, they feel about that yeah. which maybe has a parallel with with um um with yeah with, with trans people so uh, yeah okay yeah maybe that maybe they, they they can make it work yeah maybe it isn't the cop out i was thinking it was Maybe it's feel actually like quite clever. Yeah, yeah. I feel <laughs> like my, my, my thoughts have been turned around. <laughs> I mean, this is always the thing. We, we, we're four episodes into a 13-episode series. It's very difficult to make a judgment call, to at least to see the whole story as a whole. Now, now Star Trek, well, at least Discovery has a joined-up story across mm. the entire series. Yeah. When we get to something like When Strange New Worlds Begins and they're, they're promising that's going to be much more episodic, then that'll be a different sort of, we'll have a different sort of take on that i suppose as we go through each episode so but yeah, yeah we tell stories in a very different way in this day and age in terms of our tv shows don't we so mm. yeah it's 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 got to be, you've got to be careful not to sort of rush to a judgment too soon because actually the way things could pan out in the next six weeks could be very very different to what you're thinking now yeah that's true and and, and this episode of the podcast is very much a reflection on like, how we feel about the early part of the season mm-hmm. so, we, yeah. we can only judge what we've seen so far absolutely yeah. um but i think it's important to sort of maintain a, a level of hope and optimism for how these things are going to pan out because it's been such a strong start yeah it really has it's been four four absolutely fantastic episodes i think yeah i agree yeah, and um, I knew we. I knew when we decided to get onto what our final thoughts were, <laughs> they would they would be lengthy. They would. Yeah. We are incapable I, of short thoughts. I have a question. Oh no! I know. 
And it's a really irritating one because it's going back to the burn again. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Go on then. So all of, all of the dilithium went inert, yeah? Yeah. Except that it hasn't because they are, it's still, they, they still trade in small amounts that is mm. very, very rare and very, very valuable. So where did that come from? I don't know. I'm confused by that. I've been thinking about that myself. <laughs> so did, did it go inert and then after a, a day or two it, it became inert? Yes. Does, um, does dilithium have to be dilithium has to be processed in order to be made usable? So maybe unprocessed dilithium is fine, but processed dilithium is was destroyed. Yeah. yeah or, or, or maybe there was just some that wasn't affected. I... But didn't they say? I thought I thought they, there was an insinuation that all, that in the mines and stuff it went inert as well. I could just be making that up. I don't know. They do go to that mining facility, don't they? Which doesn't seem to be yeah. working anymore. So well, we don't know maybe there's no, but maybe there's no market for it if everyone thinks that it's... But then there should be a market for it. No, no there is a market for it. It's highly Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? Because that, that mining facility didn't seem busy. But we don't know what they were uh, mining. What were they mining? That's true. Yeah, because they, yeah, they, they crashed on a random planet, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. So, maybe but, it has to be refined. Maybe refined dilithium got destroyed. Maybe we're going to find out. I, I feel like that maybe that's tied up in the mystery yeah. of what been doing the burn. We, we are going to get to the bottom of that. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of room to play for us. As, um, series four has already started filming. So okay. we get, we've got the rest of this season, and I, we don't know how much of this is going to continue into the next. But series four is there; it exists. It's happening. It's being filmed now. So we've got a long way to go. We've got a lot more. Um, and you know, if if discovery continues in this vein, it's going to be really good. Let's wrap it up there. Yeah, I feel like that's a good a good finishing point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Tell the listeners what they've got coming up next time. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is episode 99, which, if you're at all conversant with basic mathematics, means next episode is our 100th episode. Uh, Wow. I know. um, Isn't the average life of a new podcast something like five episodes or something? (laughs) So we've we've done fairly well, I think. We've got to 100. People keep listening. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, on, that's on you guys. I don't know <laughs> if you have some problems you need to seek some help with, but you keep listening. We do appreciate it. It's fantastic. Rick, don't, um, Rick, don't make our listeners aware of their problems. And if they're, if they're <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, we're, we're quite excited uh, to reach 100 episodes. So um, we're hoping it's going to be quite a good one. We've got um, planning, uh, planning something a little bit different next, hmm. next time, haven't we? So yeah, yeah. Please, please join us for that. Yeah, I think it'll be great, and I think hey, it's, it's worth giving a little shout out to our patrons as well and thanking them for supporting mm, us absolutely. over over um, yeah the last ninety nine episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, without their help and support, we would be scrabbling in the dirt trying to put out some sort of piss poor content that's not quite up to the scrap the, the level that we've just we've, you've just listened to imagine <laughs> that. Sure it's just totally, totally blown your mind yeah, it's hard <laughs> to imagine but that's true 
picture a lower quality version <laughs> you've just listened to. Uh, well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah. yeah, we will see you. We will um, see see you again soon. Yeah. You will hear us again soon if you choose to. <laughs> Yeah, we can't actually see you through this podcast. I just want to reassure you of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, on that note, um, bye. Bye, bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? Her bum. Oh, no. I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loadexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can... Uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lowerdexradio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us on however you get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher google play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative thanks again for listening and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 backward crew let's make sure history never forgets the name 10 backward laddie don't you think you should rephrase that 10 backward 10 backward computer <laughs> hello Hello?